dear listener. Thank you for downloading and listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improv comedian from New York who still can't do improv because we are hip deep in staying at home during the coronavirus in New York City, which has the most number of cases in the nation right now outside of uh, First Nation people of the Navajo. And we'll get to that in a minute or more than several minutes, but I'm joined by right now by one of my best friends. Uh, she's the light of my life. She is handling the beeps, the boops, the bops, the buttons. She's Chelsea Bennington. How are you, Chelsea? Hello, I am hanging in there. It is, it's been how many weeks? I haven't I'm, kept count, so, and I don't want to. I feel like that's just gonna upset me. I didn't bother counting the days, but I've counted the movies I've watched since quarantine. And officially, I have watched, uh, as of today, as of this recording, 276 films. So that's how long we've been in quarantine. Yes. 276 films worth. Yes. How many um, of those do you regret? Not many. There's a couple. Um, I think the worst right now, and I'm sad to say it because I love Gordon Liu. And on paper, I love this movie. Shaolin vs. Evil Dead. Who wouldn't enjoy uh, oh. kung fu and zombies? And the answer was me. Was me. it just not what you anticipated? It, it, didn't, it didn't grab me at any point. I should have liked it. it. There was some comedy involved, but it just, it wasn't grabbing me. And uh, yeah, I can't, I can't think of off the top of my head any others that are just like, ah, uh, no, this is, this is really bad. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that, that's the one where it's like, no, nah. everything else has been different degrees of enjoyment. Depending on what uh, you're in the mood for. You've been on a Marvel kick, haven't you? I've been going through all the Marvel films. The other films that I didn't really enjoy uh, were some of the ones that we watch for our movie discussion group with our group of friends. <laughs> so those would be uh, Hail Caesar and uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Mm. But, you know, they, they, uh, those were a little bit better than Shaolin vs. Evil Dead. And I'm sad to say it, because again, just on paper alone, Shaolin vs. Evil Dead should have beat the shit out of those. Aww. Thank you for your sentiment. <laughs> You're working Aww. from home. I'm, I'm here just watching movies and other stuff. But we'll get to that other stuff. Because you know, as I go through my quarantine films, that's actually today's topic, quarantine-type horror. And there are many films that deal with this in different degrees. And in watching a lot of movies, especially horror movies, many of them resonate very differently in the middle of a pandemic. Whereas they were just entertaining before now. It's like, oh, this is the real shit. And I wonder if that's why people like you and me are kind of better equipped to deal with this situation than most of the... Uh, we'll call them squares or straight world folk that don't watch horror and are having issues with this because you know you're in in a section of Queens that has a lot of cases and people are stacked upon each other in apartment buildings as opposed to other parts of the world where you may have a backyard that you can get out to or a car you can go for a drive in you're inside except for absolutely essential shit that's true. That's true. Even when I go on my walks or runs, I feel like a dick. <laughs> like I shouldn't be doing that. But you know, we're human. We do need to go outside. Mm -hmm. And of course, I wear a mask and I stay away from people. But um, you're not a dummy. Yeah, but I feel like you're right about that. I also know what signs to look for before I go completely psycho from cabin fever. So that helps. I understand that when I get angry, not to channel that rage in a harmful manner the way some have <laughs> in cinema. Um, 
and watching a lot of uh old older horror too and like slashers and stuff has been really fun to do during this time it's you know it's funny another way I cope is not really by watching new things so that's why I'm glad we have the movie club that we're in because it forces me to watch something new when we pick a movie that I haven't seen before but it's really hard for me to get into like new shows or movies because I just don't think my brain really wants to watch anything unpredictable or new. Yes, I keep I, wanting to go back to my old stuff. I, I skimmed an article about that for people with anxiety. It makes perfect fucking sense, especially in the horror, maybe even some of the action or thriller mm -hmm. genre. You don't want the tension of, oh, what's going to happen next? You want the familiar because shit's unpredictable out there in mm -hmm. here you can watch uh let's say leatherface just change saw the fuck out of people yeah. but you know where it's gonna i end. know where it's gonna go i know who he's chainsawing mm -hmm. it's fine <laughs> don't bother uh, your ass no yeah exactly i'm like i know what's happening it's like your comfort food you know mm -hmm. what you're gonna eat but um yeah, that's that's just something I've noticed because people have been recommending a lot of movies and TV shows to me and I just can't, I can watch stuff like, you know, the new What We Do in the Shadows episodes because that's something that's not giving me anxiety. <laughs> if it is, you're not watching it correctly. Not watching the right What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, uh, but uh, since, since last week's episode had... Uh, uh, the two of us talking with the wonderful Katie Wiggins about vampires. I figure we'll start there, and in a in a movie that that's definitely applicable to what we're living in, uh, based on the Steve Niles comic, Thirty Days of Night. <laughs> which, when you watch it the first time, it's like, oh, okay, that's a good plan for vampires. Just attack Alaska where they don't have a lot of sunlight. But watching it now, <laughs> of people that need to stay the fuck inside. Yeah. In order to survive, this movie works differently. <laughs> I The first thing I'll say about it is Josh Hartnett in horror is my favorite Josh Hartnett. That's just... Yeah. That's just Mine, horror. too. Halloween H2O, The Faculty, Penny Dreadful. He's great. He, he's good at it. He's very yeah. good at it. He's very mm -hmm. charming. But I loved 30 Days of Night. I remember when I first saw it. I can't remember. I don't think I saw it in theaters. I think I rented it. And um, I was obsessed with vampire films around that time. I think I've always... <laughs> there hasn't been a time where I haven't been obsessed with vampire films. Uh, and I thought the same thing. I thought, oh, Maybe not sense. in the womb, but certainly right maybe, after. Maybe not in the womb. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I'm going to have to ask mom what movie she watched while I was in the womb. Um, but I thought it was, I thought the same thing. Like, of course they're attacking Alaska. It's always dark. <laughs> Why not? They all just get on their boats, their planes, go to Alaska. Um, and the vampires were fucking scary in that one they too. They were gruesome. There was nothing sexy about those vampires. Yeah. Nor their familiar, young Ben Foster. <laughs> and I, I appreciate a good, gruesome, non-sexy, non-alluring vampire when it's done right. Mm -hmm. And I felt that this one was done right because it takes a lot for me to not go into the classic, you know, uh, goth romantic um, myth of a vampire and to get into it being so disgusting. But it worked very well because it was a straight up horror movie. There was, mm -hmm. It wasn't it wasn't a conflicted romance with a vampire. It was these vampires are going to eat you and you need to stay away. And and watching it this time for me, it's like okay, you, you're holed up. They're, they're trying to draw you out. All you gotta do is just stay the fuck inside and That's wait it. it out, and you'll be okay. And that resonates a lot deeper in our current situation. You just see how people cannot fathom being given these orders to just stay inside they think their freedom's being stripped away when it's 
looking out for them. It's not, mm -hmm. you need to stay inside because, because we, it's not a classic mom going, because I said so. Mm -hmm. It's, this is your health and other people's health at risk. I'm sorry you can't go to brunch. <laughs> Have brunch at home. <laughs> you're, not, you're not fucking wrong. You're not fucking wrong at all. And, and, and we can go a little bit further. I did a, and this might be a sick for me, uh, but I saw that both were available and I'd never seen either. I did a double feature of the original version by David Cronenberg and the remake by the Saska sisters of Rabid. Now I still need to, I've seen the original Rabid. Mm -hmm. I still need to watch the Saska sisters because I love them. I have a love-hate relationship with their movies. Like I thought mm -hmm. American Mary was fantastic until the end. Mm -hmm. um, they're really good storytellers though, but that's a good one. Uh, the remake uh, I don't think it's going to spoil anything since you've uh, seen no. yeah. the original, but what resonated very deeply is there are little scenes that show the transfer of a disease from brushing up against somebody at the yes. club to accidentally taking a sip from the wrong drink, and you'll see how something can go uh, from one person to infecting four people, to infecting 16 people, and on and on and on. And when you're watching this at home in the midst of a pandemic, you're like, this, these are the rules we have to follow. <laughs> and if you want, I, I feel very much like Jamie Kennedy from Scream, in that <laughs> there are rules, there's a formula. There's a very simple formula. Everyone's yeah. a suspect. If you follow it, you're gonna be okay. If you fuck up, it's like, all right, I'll see you later in the kitchen with a knife. Yeah, fuck. Oh God, I love it. Yeah, I. Oh, the touching for it, it just makes me also think of this is not a quarantine horror film. Go for but it. That Denzel Washington film Fallen. That's how yeah. the devil or whatever gets into you that, is uh, by touching. That was a fallen angel kind of thing, and I, yeah. that is actually one of my favorite <laughs> Denzel films because it's the closest. Denzel got to horror. He was so good. I, I enjoy it quite a bit. It's a good um, movie. But no, the touching just reminded me of that frightening scene where they're in crowds, uh, just, you know, everybody walking to work and just mm -hmm. a gradual brush here, a mm -hmm. grab of the arm there. It just made me think of that. But yeah, showing just, you know, we should all be like Joey Kern in Cabin Fever where someone gets sick, kick them out, and then go huddle somewhere. Just don't go back at the very end and yell, oh, I made so, it. That, was that the blonde guy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, and then he gets bit by the little fucking uh, hill child with a penchant for pancakes, doesn't he? Uh, no, um, the, the, the Boy Meets World guy does, Writer okay. Strong. I forgot his character's name. Paul? Bill? I, I, I remember somebody was the party man. I haven't seen yeah. that one in a while. Um, oh, it's the party man. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, the main guy is the one who gets bit by the pancakes kid. Joey Kern is out of the movie for like half of it because he grabs a six pack and has a handkerchief over his mouth and just goes, I don't want us getting sick, but you guys keep touching her, so I'm leaving. But his main downfall is he comes back at the end. He goes back to the cabin. Don't do that. That is one of my favorite cabin fever style films. Of course, that's the name of the title. Living but, up to its name. Yeah, but I think I love when isolation hits and people turn against each other. I think that's what I was thinking of when I was thinking of quarantine films. I was like, I think I, I love more like quarantine type of isolation stuff because, you know, people become crazy. Which, which, is, which, which works, which makes me wonder where we should go next. So I'll just go to the one that I... Uh, yeah, no, keep listing yours, and I will keep going random. This category, and then I'll go back. Uh, the next one that I came to is Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, which I understand. <laughs> if you're locked up with your family for a while, and maybe you don't like them, all work and no play can make Jack go crazy. 
like, just but, let him write his book. Mm-hmm. You gotta respect. <laughs> respect the process. Boundaries. If you know you're gonna be someplace for a significant period of time, and maybe, just maybe, they don't like who you're gonna be stuck with, gotta work around that but that's just me maybe well, i'm the, the place asshole. wasn't big enough either i'm like why couldn't you be in this wing you be in that mm-hmm. wing kid get on your tricycle and go wherever i don't care mm-hmm. fuck away off there, go away i that movie holds up i haven't watched it in a couple of years but i have recently watched you don't watch bob's burgers right I do not. There's I, a fantastic. I meant to. I just well, there's a fantastic it. episode of Bob's Burgers. I think it's actually the second episode of the series, where Bob, the uh, you know the main character, is fixing something in the walls, and he gets stuck um, inside the walls. And at first, he sees that there's a way out, mm-hmm. but his in-laws are visiting, and they're driving him nuts, and he's like oh darn there's no way out i guess i'm gonna have to hang out for a couple of days and like they give him food and stuff and he slowly starts going crazy and they reference the shining where he has the scene in the bathroom with the butler and he's talking to him about like what to do with his family and um it's a fantastic episode and i guess you could say that's about isolation as well (laughs) it's good i recommend it see there's horror everywhere if you know where to look exactly but also with 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 isolation and very reflective of our modern times i watched all of romero's zombie movies Uh, those, those strike a very very different chord in this day and age from in Night of the Living Dead to uh, turning on the news and there's no answers. No. Nothing to really give you a whole lot of solace at first. You've got a bunch of privileged people in the basement that don't want to share that think the solution is something that's really fucking dangerous. Uh, They don't want to listen to the voice of reason that some of them are prone to panic uh others don't know you really shouldn't get into a pickup truck that's on fire and 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 even dawn of the dead which i you know is supposed to be allegory for consumerism but then there's the eye patch correspondent that we all remember who just shouts on the live news broadcast dummies dummies (laughs) and i've really related to that character who's just exacerbated and repeating over and over again, we must be logical. We must be logical. Yeah, those movies, I mean, they're already pretty heavy-handed when it comes to what they're symbolizing. So when you think about the the current, yeah, the current times, it just hits significantly harder because they're already just so, they're not preachy. I don't want to say they're preachy because they're not. There's a, Diary of the Dead, and I think I've said this before and probably on this podcast, I don't Mm -hmm. like that one. I think that one was a little too, it was preachy, but at the same time, I don't understand what it was trying to preach to me about. It it was just frustrating and how heavy handed it was and her ending monologue. It was just too much. Watching it now, it works a lot better because yeah, there are uh negatives to posting everything online we all know that there are people that share way too much that i don't want to fucking hear about but it can also be a useful tool to get the truth out uh say for example and i was going to save this for the end but i'll bring it up now (laughs) in a place like florida where the government has let it known to everyone that it's for sale uh they are not publishing reports of who has COVID-19 and uh, what the cases are now that they've reopened. But this is the same state that after receiving $18.5 million uh, via a Trump super PAC courtesy of Linda McMahon, suddenly wrestling is deemed an essential service. 
not the most brilliant idea there. Call it what it is. That's a legal fucking bribe. No, it a hundred percent is. Yeah, I know we don't have the biggest audience, but go ahead, sue me. I don't care. <laughs> Do it. Bring us the publicity. Go ahead. Go right the fuck ahead, you bastards. Ah, uh, we'll 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 get we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I don't know. That's all right. Next, as I made my way through, watched uh, one of my favorite films, and I and I call it one, even though a lot of people split it. Uh, I look at Grindhouse as one movie, and that first film, Planet Terror, is uh, very. Ooh, it resonates uh, quite a bit. Oh God, the hospital scenes. scenes. Oh yeah. (laughs) Seeing those medical photos in the background while Uh, Josh Brolin is doing his examination of just the kind of shit that can happen to you if uh, you get a disease that not a lot of people know about and what happens to it. And he was, and the guy was just so dumbfounded about it. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like you were bitten how many days ago? And now you're here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Or no, that he said he was bitten a couple of days ago and he said it looks like a fresh bite. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot. Something Either way. Like it's a <laughs> gross, but... Disgusting film, it, but I it, love it. It, it, it. Very, very gooey. And when you're watching it, when it comes out in the theater, it's not that big a fucking deal. It's like, all right... This, uh, I don't understand why it's considered a flop by many, probably because there wasn't a lot of people going out to see it, but I couldn't think of a better way to spend my Easter Sunday that year. Yeah, and I feel like it hasn't helped that I think Quentin Tarantino once said about Death Proof that it's his, he may not have said it verbatim this way, but Mm. he pretty much alluded it to it being his worst film um or he said that there were a lot of changes he would have made either way it just kind of added on to it's like he was even acknowledging that it wasn't that great or that it was a flop and i think death proof is one of his best films but um teach their own even with his own films and uh planet terror the same i think that's one of robert rodriguez's best um I know that I think there was a lot of confusion when it came to the marketing. I remember reading that not a lot of people realized it was a double feature and left Mm -hmm. after the first movie. And um, that's, that's a, I don't even blame people's stupidity on that. There was definitely a marketing miss there when it came to making sure And at the theaters as well, I would say. The theaters didn't do a good enough job letting people know that they were about to watch a double feature. I I saw a thing, uh, an article, that that they underestimated how the the modern public had little to no knowledge of what a grand house was. Exactly. They really underestimated that. But... um, there i mean i love them i didn't see them in theaters unfortunately i did see them a couple years ago with you and your girlfriend and that was fantastic that was a good Um, time it was a really good time my first time at alamo draft house as well that started the love affair it started the love affair of you and the alamo and the yeah and the buffalo cauliflower and the queso Anyway, it, don't you? I do miss, I miss going to the movies. I really miss going to the movies. I was at the point where I was going almost every week or mm-hmm. every other week, um, usually to Alamo. And to go from that to nothing, when I first moved here, I didn't see a movie for like a year. Because I had nobody but, to see movies. <laughs> at least you're not willing to put anybody else's health at risk. That's true. I haven't been to the movies since March because I was being respectful. Because you're a good person. And on that note, we're going to bring it to the next film that kind of fits that description of uh, why quarantine is important uh, that I came across in, in, in my viewing. John Carpenter's The Thing. Yep. Were they watching that in the lodge? 
Were they watching that in the lounge? I don't they were remember. watching a Christmas movie, and I think they were watching The Thing, because I remember the girl being like, do you guys want to watch another movie? And I was watching it thinking, who the hell turned on The Thing? <laughs> it's a wonderful film. <laughs> Just but so in funny. this situation where you, uh, when, that we're living in, when you're involved in The Thing, like we don't know who's infected, nobody fucking goes anyplace. And there are some entities that just, they want to get out. They need to get out. Who can you trust? Who can't you trust? And, you know, the long-haired guy with the beard, who doesn't mind if he has to stay in and not get a haircut, he just happens to be the voice of reason in this situation. Him and Wilford Brimley. Diabetes. Diabetes. Which always freaks me out, because he doesn't have his trademark mustache, so it took uh, maybe three times of me watching that movie before I realized that actor was Wilford Brimley. Looking at the trivia for it right now. Check your blood sugar, I'll punch you in the face. <laughs> Wilford, Brimley. Wilford Brimley disagreed with the film's level of gore, believing it affected the audience negatively. It's I mean, very, yeah. It's not a very important lesson, Wilford Brimley. I don't think I react to gore positively well depending alec baldwin claims he auditioned for multiple roles in the film that would not have been good in my opinion can you imagine if he was wilford brimley <laughs> no, no i know he's, he's, <laughs> not old, he's not old or crank-tankerous enough i'm in just my picturing opinion. them putting him in like bad old man makeup he would have been a he would have been a horrible mccready but you know yeah that, that's my opinion it's a good movie though i haven't watched that one in a long time is it streaming anywhere or did you watch the dvd i don't i know i have the dvd did i put on the dvd i don't know you watched about 260 something movies i think it might have been streaming when i watched it if, if you're on imdb already you can boop it and find out what it's streaming on that's true but there's about 200 things of trivia here so i was doing a lot of scrolling eh, don't worry about it we're gonna oh, go on to the stars. next one there you go success <laughs> i'm gonna rewatch that i'm excited okay it's gonna strike a very different chord right now yeah, I'm going to have to prepare for that. Because <laughs> I don't think I've watched anything yet that actually relates to what we're going through right now. Like all of the movies you've listed so far, I have not watched them, you know, in the past several weeks, mm. let alone um, months. Right. So I'm curious what my reaction is going to be. You've been watching our, 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 our horror film discussion group films, which are decidedly on horror. And I get it. You got to know your audience. Uh, a lot of uh, Bravo with my beautiful lady. Yes, a lot of Bravo. That. A lot and, of Bravo. Uh, I know what you did last summer. It's on Shudder. Yeah, speaking of Shudder, uh, who we talk about a lot on this website, there's a movie on there that deals with this so well. It's a, it's a First Nation zombie movie called Blood Quantum. Now, I have not seen that. What is that about? In, Even in though a, you literally just said what it's about. In a year... <laughs> that not a lot of movies are, are coming out because studios are delaying some and trying to figure out if they can get the money for it. Even if this didn't happen, even if there weren't a pandemic, if life didn't get paused and we'd be going to the theaters every week and hitting up the Alamo Draft House left and right, uh, which you should support online with their streaming service. Yes. Right away. It'll, it'll help them to one day reopen and, and uh, please all of us again. Blood Quantum would still be one of my favorite movies of the year. It's made in Canada. Uh, a Micmac writer, director. Zombie outbreak happens on the res. And for whatever reason, the Micmac people are immune. Animals can get it. White folks can get it. So we see the initial outbreak, and then we see, uh, we do a time jump to later, and it's great social commentary. Uh, some, some survivors that are not First Nation people want to come in and look for help. And you, know, you got generous 
native people that are trying to help out, but others are kind of pointing out, no, don't bring your diseased fucking blanket in here. Much like Romero before this film, there's beautiful social commentary in with some very splattery effects that th this movie's just great all over. But you add watching it during a quarantine, it's like, oh, this, this, this hits differently. This is now something that, that adds an extra layer of unease to it. But like you said, even though this was a new movie, it did comfort me with the familiarity of uh, this genre. It made me feel good. It, it struck me with the level of brilliance there was to be enjoyed by this film that I recommend to fucking everybody. It's that damn good. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that hits the level of popularity that a similar film with infectious connotations like Train to Busan had, mm. even though you know, they're never really called zombies, uh, they're, but they're, they're infected and they run and I normally don't like the fast zombies, but that said a lot from even you know, the privileged businessman just tossing people at the infected so he can get away, maybe. But uh, that started even having my eyes well up when, like, you know, the little girl being told by her dad, you need to look out for yourself. And she's guiding him through, like, no, we have to help each other. Aww. That's how we'll survive. And I'm there watching this Korean zombie movie, like, you're so right. <laughs> the fast zombies in uh, 28 Days Later always get to me, though. As well, they should. They are scary little things. That's that's the first time we really saw some fast zombies. Yeah, and they were done extremely well. That's a uh, good isolation kind of quarantine film, waking mm -hmm. up and no one's there. Oof. Yeah. That scene always gets me. Well, it should. Well, it should. Uh, with Killian Murphy with half his head shaved and just looking weird and his junk out in a hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know the half head uh, shaven is, it always bugs me when I watch it and I think it's just more so me being anal about it. I'm like, someone get a razor and take care of this. Head trauma is a hell of a thing. Just shave the whole head. He, he worked it out a little later, somewhat, kind of. He did, but I don't understand why you wouldn't just shave the whole head. Were you in that much of a hurry? Could you not finish later? From the operation. For his head. Well, I know why they right. did it, but they could have just shaved the whole thing. Uh, clearly, they abandoned him. But anyway, they did abandon him. <laughs> now, a movie that doesn't really have the quarantine connotations at any other point in its history. But now, from a political aspect, Jaws takes on whole new meaning when you look. Yeah at the hubris of the government of a place that's not densely populated like Manhattan. It's the summer, we can't shut down. Summer approaches and they, they just put it right out there. We need summer dollars. And we're just gonna reopen the beaches and try to stifle the voice of reason by any means necessary and it's compounded by the fact and i'm not the first to point this out i'm not going to be the last to point this out either but that the mayor vaughn is still the mayor in the sequel <laughs> don't groan vote he had one compelling campaign between the two films mm -hmm. i and, messed and, up once i will not mess up again <laughs> and in the second one he kind of learned his lesson i don't know why the other town officials somehow managed to outvote him as the fucking mayor. But even in the first one, just when when the shark goes 
into the bay and it takes out that one guy that's trying to teach uh, Brody and the other kids how to tie that knot. Uh, Mayor Vaughn's like, my, 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 my son was on that beach. Well, now that it fucking affects you, now you give a shit. Before you were all about the coin and now you want to change your fucking tune because someone you love almost got eaten. Yeah, people don't care till someone they know is affected in some way or not. I mean, there's a lot of people who weren't taking this seriously until um, their friends or family members that are nurses and doctors were telling them, look at what I'm dealing with every day in the hospital. And then they were finally like, you know, people need to be smarter. My daughter is an RN. And it's like, okay, but you should have been taking it seriously weeks ago. I'll confess and I'll admit that that when I'm wrong, I did not take this as seriously as I should have uh, until I got it in the sense that I was washing my hands and being as careful as I thought it, I could be. I knew that it wasn't the flu, but I wasn't going to make any decisions based on fear for myself but then when i realized that yeah it it's not about how i handle it because you know i had a fever took a couple of tylenol slept it off and i realized how lucky i got but looking at friends of ours in the improv community that have been affected uh, former guest of the show, per- Patricio Machuca, got sick, lost his father to this disease. Well, I that think is... you should give yourself a little bit more credit because they're saying you didn't take it seriously, but we're talking about early to mid-March. Yeah. Nobody was taking it seriously. So even even though you think you were taking it seriously, I mean, people were still going to work. I was still going to work every day. So even though you say you weren't taking it seriously, I think you should give yourself a little bit more credit because nobody really was. They were being more mindful about washing their hands, but they weren't like they are now. I'm saying I should have washed the doorknobs too. <laughs> well, now could've you're put, doing that. Could have put on gloves sooner. Yeah, but I mean, I could have been wearing a mask sooner. I, I, I could have been wearing a mask sooner. But now I'm doubling up. If we got to wear masks, I'm going to make it fun. And I'm not just talking about masks with funky designs and everything. Ordered a bunch of Halloween masks, a bunch of Lucha Libre masks. And I'll go out with one mask to protect my others and a mask on top of that just to entertain me. And uh, depending on which supermarket you go to, one's more in Queens, they're nonplussed. You can walk into a Rite Aid at 5 in the morning. The cashier does not give a shit. Go out to Long Island a little bit, where there's a, a supermarket named Stu Leonard's that they got the meat I like. They got the meat. Those folks will either be really entertained or they'll look at you like, why the fuck is V for Vendetta here? They're probably like, are you going to rob us? Not when you're at the register with wallet in hand. <laughs> Although. You could be playing a long con. <laughs> you could be tricking them. <laughs> my con days are over even though a nun did call me a con artist when I was seven. Yeah, but nuns could also be called con artists. Well, they believe they're married to an invisible man that lives in the sky while dressing like a penguin every goddamn day. I just imagine it must get so hot in those wardrobes. Like, I'm a naturally sweaty person. I can't wear that many layers. (laughs) You're not wrong. Sorry, I'm going to leave it. <laughs> Not wrong. So, before I get to the last kind of movies that kind of fits this theme, are there any others that you want to add to no. this batch? Uh, I don't think so. You know, I mentioned I mentioned Cabin Fever. Do, do you have a film you want to add, Tonks? Did you hear? I, I did not hear what oh. what what. Cat Tonks is also a cat engineer, for the for the podcast. She is adding adding uh the, checking the levels, making sure Chelsea's not fucking things up. Basically, doing a good job, baby. Because she's good like that. Yeah. 
But no, um, you've pretty much hit the ones that I would have mentioned. I feel like, yeah, when it comes to quarantine films, I think it's definitely more, I think more about like isolation films, like things like Hush, for example, or even uh, the first Saw, because the first Saw mostly takes place in that one room. With everything else being flashbacks. Yeah, Yeah, and that's significantly the best saw yes. i i don't think anyone would really argue with that um but we ain't gonna they, see the chris rock version for a while to uh, and i want to watch it so bad and they delayed it a year mm-hmm. which i understand but part of me wishes they did a home release right. but i understand i these, understand and i'm still studios, gonna go see it these studios can if they want to but that's the problem with corporations yeah well i understand if they want to hold it to be a theatrical experience i do a lot of people are choosing to do home releases and i understand that there is some waiting it out and i respect it i'm just impatient because i thought i would have seen it by now yeah we would have because i was planning on seeing it the weekend it came out we most likely would have but you you would have i might have waited for you to tell me (laughs) what it could be i have uh, a i have a love hate for the first the original saw trilogy mm-hmm. i feel like it could have ended after three it, it definitely could've. should have it ended sh- after it three it but um but, but i do i do have a guilty pleasure love for saw two and i think solid saw three is pretty solid mm-hmm. but the uh, the first saw is the only one that i would rewatch. Right. um i i i do yeah. gotta give a shout out to amanda stafford who gave me passes to see jigsaw for free and I took oh, yeah. you to <laughs> I forgot I saw it. See that monstrosity with me. But yeah, that, right? it was that great. You have no recollection. I, I do remember being in a theater going, that's not how the human body works. Because <laughs> that's no, not how the human body works. The very end of that movie is nobody can convince me that is possible. I don't even remember how it ended. They opened the body like a lotus flower. I don't even recall, and yeah, I'm not, and I'm not watching it again in this quarantine to find out. Uh, but you know, Lionsgate beat that into a ground because corporations are problematic. Which brings us to the last films I want to talk about before we land this ship: uh, the Wayland Utani Corporation, as featured in the Alien films, specifically <laughs> uh, the first two and the first one. Oh, this resonates so much more where you've got a bunch of people being logical. They're checking something out. And it starts, and I've always sympathized with Yafet Koto and Harry Dean Stanton in this movie, the space janitors who got no problem doing more work, something that's not specifically in their job description, but they want to get paid. And they're told in no uncertain terms, if they refuse, they get nothing. And the company is going to put their ass, everybody in danger, they're all expendable. They want something that they believe could increase their profit. If that doesn't enrage you in this day and age, I don't know what will. Yeah, it's crazy how it's a t- it's basically a tale as old as time, right? Nothing has changed. Well, those that don't know their history are doomed to repeat it, and those that don't watch horror movies fail to see the patterns. Yeah, like it, it's just interesting because you mentioned that, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking, yeah, that is something that resonates in a lot of horror films and in a lot of um, just films that have so- a lot of social commentary in general is how problematic these you know big corporations can be or these head honchos within big corporations can be yet again jeff bezos just became a trillionaire <laughs> like you look at all this stuff and it's one of those things and i'm be i'm kind of being a hypocrite and preaching right now when i say that that's not what i liked about diary of the dead but again tale as old as time Yet, nothing's changed. I mean, are we more aware of it? Yeah. But the people that are aware of it, it's not enough 
for not saying that we should stop being aware of it or stop working against it um, or working towards change. We always should, but it does, I'm sure, get a little discouraging when it's like nothing, tale as old as time and nothing's changed. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting, you know? It, and we've talked about this off mic. Uh, so if, if you don't mind, I'm going to use this little platform uh, the way Axl Rose would use the stage time in 1992 to just get some things off of his chest before the band launched into Double Talk and Jive. And uh, that I, I've had some issues with anger in my life and it's led to me making some bad decisions. And I went to therapy and I like to think I came out better, uh, came out more logical, but in times like these and things that we've talked about, it's difficult not to get angry. And I noticed I was grinding my teeth in my sleep and my wonderful friend Chelsea hopped right online and sent me a shit ton of links from mouth guards because my jaw was fucking killing me because I was enraged constantly. And I, 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 I thank you every morning when I wake up and I'm not in pain for that. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. That, that. I know what that pain feels like. That's mm -hmm. why I was like, he's got to fix this. Gritting teeth can cause so many issues. Yeah. And you are a true friend that actually cares about someone that's not you. And we need more of that. And it's tough uh, when you're looking out at the world or at least just America. And there's a lot of reasons to want to go back to what your regular life is. I thought, but I'm starting to have dreams about working and being on set. Uh, because by this time, I would have been back at work fairly regularly, yeah. but it's not happening. And that's okay. I was on unemployment ahead of time. So none of my benefits stopped. And I realized how lucky I am in getting over this sickness and that a lot of my needs are taken care of. And many of my expenses are actually gone right now. But I know small business owners that their life work might not be there when this is over because mm -hmm. banks and i'll name names capital one specifically didn't have anything in place to give them the small business loans they should have gotten or they just gave them to big corporations come at me capital one what are you going to do outsource my position again i no longer work for you i get it if you live with someone that you don't really like. And the worst aspect of that could be they're downright abusive. It's not safe for you. I get it if you want to get out, if work was your escape from that a little bit. Uh, if the fact that you don't have a job right now means you don't have health insurance. And let's face it, nobody can fucking afford COBRA if you're not working. Mm -mm. Few people can afford COBRA if you are fucking working. So healthcare shouldn't be connected to your job in any way, shape, or form. Um, there's a lot of valid reasons to want to get out into things. To want to get a haircut because your roots are showing, it's not acceptable. To want to get your nails done is not acceptable. And I don't want to just bash women for this because they're not as fault, but they're more vocal in their specific reasons. Because I know guys, even in my industry, that hate their spouses and resent their kids. And the reason why the film and TV business works for them is because you got long ass hours, you get paid pretty well, and you can just say, I'm providing even though I'm rarely ever home. I'm certain, certain that works for a shit ton of Teamsters who work ridiculous hours for ridiculous money. But I get angry when I see white folks with assault rifles walking into the state capitol in Michigan because mm. they want to go the fuck outside, ignoring reports of other areas that have opened up in America and abroad, and then the cases spike right the fuck back up. And God, no one's stopping you from going outside. Like, it's just... It's crazy. It's I I can't even act like it's shocking because it's Speak not. On it. But Speak it's on it. but it's just insane to see. 
mm -hmm. and to see the lack of, uh, of consequence mm -hmm. yeah. um, as well. It's, it's so infuriating to see. Mm -hmm. And those absolute, same people, yeah, absolutely infuriating. Those same people could have done the same thing because their neighbors in Flint, Michigan haven't had clean water for years. Yeah. But instead they're doing it. I saw one gal holding up a sign. I want my prom. Well, I'm sorry. Oh God, shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry, young lady. If you want to have disappointing sex with someone who's really not that great, but you think it's awesome because you don't have a lot of experience, you can wait. It's really not going to be that wonderful. And it's mostly going to be sad hand stuff. I didn't even go to my prom. See, you're higher evolved than the rest of us. Anyway. Yeah, that was by choice. <laughs> but like you said, there's no consequence because these people have the cops outgunned. Mm -hmm. The cops know it. And they're unlikely to blow away somebody of that complexion because you never know who exactly. they're related to. They might have like a cousin on the city council father-in-law that's a DA that could probably assure that that cop would get indicted as opposed to emptying your clip into say a sleeping black woman yeah when you and got the wrong address looking for someone that didn't live there and that the cops already have it in custody but her boyfriend is now charged with attempted murder because he had a gun but the Legally. only cop that, yes, and the only cop that got shot was shot by friendly fire. So, so wild. So, I know we're not the biggest podcast in the world, but to our faithful listeners, play this for somebody. Maybe you play this next bit for somebody and they take it to heart. But if you play, pay it for someone that disagrees with me, that's great. Comment on iTunes, comment on Instagram, comment on Facebook. Bring me your vitriol, because I have decided instead of getting angry, every time you selfish fucking cunts piss me off, I'm not going to lose sleep, I'm not going to get angry. I'm going to be kind. Going to give blood. I um, took an antibody test. If I get the all clear, I'm donating plasma or platelets, whatever they'll take from me. There are charities out there like City Harvest that'll give food to people. There are organizations that will send protective equipment to hospitals that could use our money since our government just feels it's more important to salute first responders yeah. with having the blue angels fly by to be noisy as fuck. New York doesn't need that. And if you're one of the people that wants to go to your gym and sweat on strangers and then look up at jets flying by, fuck you directly in the neck. Support artists like the Magnet Theater that I, where I learned improv not just throwing a few dollars at so they can keep going and their community can survive. Artist friends of ours that have been on this show in Soraya, they've got a Patreon. Uh, Katie Wiggins, she's got a Patreon for Scary Stories at Camp Roanoke. Yeah, and, and art if, commissions too, I believe. Yes, and if you don't know who these people are, there's other Patreon pages that you can throw some money to for people that need something uh you know guns and roses has to cancel their big summer arena tour they're not going to be destitute god i thought you were about to say donate to guns and roses no they're going to be just fine. i was like what what did you what do you say i don't know if they're looking out for and paying their road crew but motorhead is motorhead has a foundation that they're associated with called crew nation making sure out-of-work road crews get paid. Uh, a band called the Ghost Wolves that I love, all their South by Southwest dates got canceled. All their tour dates got canceled. So their singer Carly just started making cloth masks. And you can buy one for yourself and for an extra 10 bucks, 
she'll donate them. She'll make an extra mask to donate to somebody in Austin or they're looking for organizations to donate to. If you just want to go out and shop because you want to go to the bar, you want to go to fucking Target just to be out there. I've seen articles about people just browsing in Home Depot because they're open. No, that's that you got the internet at your fingers. You can give Bezos more money. I advise against it. <laughs> but I'm done being mad. I'm done letting the stress affect me physically. I'm just going to flip the coin on it. And when yeah. I'm outside of my house and maybe by next week and doing something that could be deemed non-essential, I'll be at a blood bank doing something for someone that's not me. And that's my way of saying, fuck these people. And if you tuned out, because we weren't talking about horror and being funny anymore, that's okay. I respect you. If you got pissed, let me know. Because I want to hear. Thank you for dealing with me on, on this harangue, Chelsea. Now the band can play double talk and jive. No, don't, you don't need to support Guns N' Roses. They're going to be okay. No, no, but, you do not. But it, they but, don't have a GoFundMe, I don't think. F- fucking Bandcamp has released all uh, on certain weekends, letting the artists get all the fucking money. Support them. Yeah. Look you know, at the nonprofits that you love and see what they're doing. That's who you can throw some coin at. There's a lot mm-hmm. of movie theaters and a lot of uh, specific films that are supporting independent theaters right now that need or your help. Yeah. The, the precious bars and salons and things you don't want closed, a lot of them are doing gift certificates. Ke- help keep them open when this does, re- uh, when this does end. I bought, a, I bought a gift certificate uh, for the hair salon I go to for when they reopen. I mean, just do that to help keep them open instead of you know acting like a Little say it about it. <laughs> say, say it loud. Little bitch about it. There you go. <laughs> that was too yeah. soft. I like it when people cuss. Yeah. As you know. Yeah. We covered so that was this episode fake and for, real hard today. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I get it. It's great in Anya. Uh, and there's a lot of other places that I posted about online to this day, you know. Fuck it. it, it I'm going to be kind if you want to be a cunt. And I'm fine with that. That could be a shirt. Get that patented before this episode airs. You know what? If anybody out there wants to make that shirt, you can if you can donate all of the proceeds, all the profits to a charity of your choice. I'm going to be kind if you want to be a cunt. Make sure there's children's sizes available. And onesies. Onesies. Yes. Oh, and um, dogs, sweaters. Cat sweaters. Cat sweaters. Turtle beanies. <laughs> and lizard cowboy hats. I love it. Can you put that many letters on a tiny cowboy hat to be worn by a you lizard? Try. We're, we're gonna find we're gonna try. out. Face mask. You can make a mask out of it, too. Yes, wear the word cunt on your face. And if they can read it, they're too close. Exactly. Ooh, where can people find you if they want? Don't direct any of the hate at Chelsea. Bring it all to me. Yeah, if you direct it at me, I'm going to, you know, just... The Alabama going to come out. Yeah. (laughs) It's not going to be pretty. Or I'll just go, LOL, okay. (laughs) That'll be it. You won't even get angry. Um... People can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Just look up Chelsea Bennington, and I am the first one that pops up. You can find Spooky Doings on Instagram. You can find Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook. Right now, we're just doing podcast stuff and interesting memes. Uh, I've delayed our June show, which would have been the day this episode comes out. Uh, because you know, to go even one further, even if we got the all clear to open, and I miss performing with you and our wonderful cast so much, I'm not going to put these these friends of ours at risk to perform in a sweaty ass basement in Midtown. Even though I miss that sweaty ass basement so I much. I, who knew I would miss it? 
it's not fucking worth it. And that's the difference between me and a group of people that are some that have come to be known as Y'all Qaeda or the Flu Klux Klan. Oh my god. Yeah. What was that, Chelsea? I said, oh my god. <laughs> just, I haven't heard that. You haven't heard that? No. You haven't been paying attention. There's others. Those are the two that, that stick out. Is this what happens when I'm not on Facebook? Yes. <laughs> you, you can thank former guest David Howard Thornton for that. Uh, he posted a couple. Uh, Y'all Kata and the Flu Klux Klan uh, were the two that stuck out most in my mind. My there were a couple God. others. Wow. But, you know, you're probably smarter than the rest of us. I'm just posting all the movies that I watch on Facebook because, fuck it. I felt the need to chronicle it when I started and had no idea it would go this long. Hey, but it's something to look back at, you know? Yes, exactly. That'll be a reminder of 2020. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, get your fucking absentee ballot, vote, and stay the fuck inside. And right. most importantly, Chelsea, I love you. Love you too. You're a wonderful human being. So to Chelsea Bennington, and all of you listening, stay good, stay healthy, stay spooky. Until next time. Bye.